Proper Madness, formerly Beautifully Broken. My name is Savvy and I give a unique perspective on mental health by providing tools, guidance, and knowledge on how we can better understand ourselves as well as our past and present experiences and in doing so, we can help heal our mental health. I get to speak with a variety of individuals from around the world as they share their stories from their journey through their mental wellness so that it helps others stand strong and use their voice. Now, please note, I am not a licensed therapist or psychologist, so before you take any of my advice, go talk to a licensed professional first. Social anxiety. Yeah. There was a time in my life where I would never look anyone in their eyes. Never in their eyeballs. I would look at the ground, I'd look at their nose, I'd look at their nose and then overthink that I was thinking that I was looking at their nose and maybe they thought I, they were like, oh my God, is she looking at my nose? It's a whole thing. So, um, social anxiety is something that I have faced the majority of my life. And I'd say in the last six months, I have actually overcome it. I didn't think that I ever would, but I did. Here I am. As usual, we're starting with a little bit of a story time. So for much of my life, I was a very, very shy, introverted person. Now, I am not saying that people who are introverted are socially anxious or socially awkward in any way. This is just my own personal journey. Um, I never spoke up in class, never wanted to raise my hand, was always scared to look dumb, was always scared to make a mistake, was always scared to speak up in any sort of way. So as I got older, that unfortunately perpetuated itself and any time that I would have to speak publicly, people would tell me, Sabi, you're so good at public speaking, but like, honestly, I would black out beforehand and forget the entire experience like it never happened. Public speaking for me in school was the worst thing possible. I mean, it was like my worst fear. Anytime a teacher would call on me in the middle of class, I'd start having a panic attack and I wouldn't know the answers. Um, I wouldn't know the answers in front of other people, but the second I was alone, all of a sudden I had all this knowledge that came flooding back to me. So part of that obviously was anxiety, um, some form of performance anxiety to some degree as well. But anytime the, the light was on me, I would freeze up. And that was in any sense of the word. As a kid, I did many, many hobbies. I, um, if you've listened to my podcast with Connor Chamois, you've heard this story. If you haven't, go listen. Um, but in there, I discussed that I was musically inclined and would cap, you know, oftentimes when you learn a, um, an instrument, you do have to perform it in front of some sort of audience at some given point in time. I also did opera growing up. Um, Yes, I can sing, but I don't like singing in front of people, so no. And um, that sheer terror that you would feel before you got onto any stage to perform, you have that sinking feeling in your gut, your heart starts racing, your palms are sweaty, you just can't think and focus, your throat gets dry. Now, if your throat gets dry and you're about to sing, that doesn't really help you out very much, does it? No. So... Um, I always ended up doing fine once I, you know, started, but just the initial shock of 
certain moments like that in my life perpetuated even to the point of interacting with other people. So I work in a business where I have to interact with people all the time. I just really never liked interacting with other human beings. I would always I'd always second guess myself after I would speak to anyone too, even if it was like the simplest interaction in the world. I mean, if someone passed me by on the street and they said hi to me and I said hi and maybe my voice cracked or something, I would sit there and overthink and go, oh my god, what did they think of me? Did I sound weird? How did I come across? I don't want to look stupid. The premise of of all of my social anxiety my whole life was, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm saying. I don't want to look weak. People thought I was generally a very bubbly, outgoing person. On the inside, I was terrified 24-7, second-guessing every single little, little thing that I would ever say to any human being ever in my life. Now, how this happened growing up is I grew up in a very, very chaotic, turbulent household where speaking your mind was scary because we didn't know the response we were going to get. But a lot of that kind of suffocated my own voice and then when it came time to, you know, being in school, obviously I've talked about this before, I was bullied in school. Um, that too made me feel like everyone was watching me all the time. Like no matter what I did, I was always in a spotlight. I was even so scared that there were times where my dad, my dad, my dad, if he ever listens to this or watches my videos, which he does now, which is kind of awesome, um, he... He will remember this. He dropped me off to school and I would be late. I swear I feel like he made me late on purpose sometimes just so that I could face his fear. He was the most awesome dad in that way. Where, like anytime I had any anything that made me uncomfortable, he would force me to do it. He'd be like, no, you're going to do it and you're going to learn. Um, so I get to school late and I remember sitting in the car one day with him. And I looked at him and I was like, Dad, I can't go in. He goes, what do you mean you can't go in? I'm like, I'm 10 minutes late. Everyone's going to be looking at me. I'm freaking out. And he goes, Sabi, it's like, just go to class. Like, get up, go to class. No one's going to care that you're 10 minutes late. And I remember having a full-blown panic attack. And my dad just kind of looked to me. And he goes, okay. He goes, do you want to go in late? And I was like, please. I just, I just want to go to my next period, my next class. Like, whatever. Just call me out of my first period. He goes, okay. And he drove, and he took me to a Starbucks, which that was like our thing. Every every morning we'd go to Starbucks. Um, took me to a Starbucks, he sat me down, and he goes, okay, how are you feeling? I'm like, I feel, feel better. He goes, he goes, Sabby, no one actually really cares that you're going to be late. Like, what do you mean? People are going to stare at me, they're going to say something, and they're going to think I'm dumb, they're going to think I'm lazy. He goes, no, no one's, no one, literally no one's going to care. And um, because of my childhood and my experiences, unfortunately, in some of the schools that I was in previous to this experience, and unfortunately, just kids around this age, for some reason, are, they're just, they're mean, you know, they're just, and they like to nitpick everything that you do and say, because they're bored with their own life, you know what I mean? So, um, I... When my dad gave me this advice, I stopped and, and I, I looked at him. I go, really? No one cares? He goes, no one cares. 
Because you're late, who cares? You just, did you did you do anything embarrassing? Your shoes untied? Did you trip and fall? Do you have I mean, do you have a mess all over you? Go no. He goes well. So uh, I went back to school that day, and then I think a week later again I was late. And my dad, my dad just looked at me and he was like, oh, "Okay." So I got up, I walked into class. Yes, everyone stared at me. But they didn't stare at me for that long. It was just like two seconds. They looked at me, and I walked into class and sat down. Then the teacher obviously said something. Oh, so be here, you're late. It wasn't as scary as I thought. It's like I was scared that I was going to get told that I was dumb or stupid or something again. And that was my fear. My fear was being told that there was something wrong with me. From that point onwards, the rest of my life, I really struggled with social anxiety. Parties. Lord. At parties, you could not catch me going up to a single person first. I'd be a total wallflower. I'd be sitting back waiting for other people to introduce me to other people. I'd sit, go to a little bit of a corner. I would never be able to walk in anywhere new alone ever in my life. Any activity that I ever wanted to do that was new, I didn't want to do alone. Um, you could say that's a little bit of codependency as well, but it was mostly... I was just obsessed with what other people thought of me 24-7. In the last six months, how I've kind of overcome this is, oddly enough, at the gym. The gym is my safe space. The gym is the place where it feels like a second home for me. So there came a point in time where a lot of people were making comments like, oh, you seem so reserved. You seem like... You know, you're very shy, very introverted, and I'd stop and look at them and be like, no, I know I'm not. I know I'm not shy and introverted, which by the way, sh being shy and introverted are not the same things. They're completely different things. But those labels that were thrown upon me made me angry because I knew myself the most. I knew how I was to the people that I was closest to. I knew how I was in environments where I felt very comfortable. At the gym, I would never talk to anyone ever. I mean, ever. I go in there, do my workout, not make eye contact with anyone. If anyone was looking in my direction, I'd start freaking out and go, "Oh my god, am I wearing pants? Did I forget to did I forget to put like pants on this morning? What happened?" I'd have so much anxiety of people just noticing me. So, at the gym what I would do is I just started testing certain situations a little bit at a time. What I started to do is, if I noticed that there was someone I might want to be friends with, like a girl in the locker room, and I really liked her outfit or the shoes that she was wearing, I would tell myself, you know what, mentally, not out loud, okay, don't say this out, I mean, you can't say it out loud, it's your life, it's your journey, you do what you gotta do, but mentally inside, I would tell myself, listen, if I compliment this girl, and she's like super silent, standoffish, and a little you know, bitchy towards me. That's not my problem. That's her problem. I'm just trying to be nice. So I would look at this girl and be like, wow, I really like your leggings. Literally nine times out of 10, the the girls that would respond back, it, it, it would start a conversation. Then you had the odd few that would just, you know, look at you, look you up and down, like, thanks. And then just, you know, they're being rude. But when that does happen, it's important to note that how someone treats you and how they communicate to you in those social situations, especially if your intentions are innocent and you've only given them a compliment, 
that that is not a reflection on who you are. That doesn't mean you, you are unworthy of trying that situation again. In these situations, I would just keep pushing myself. Don't let the little, little setbacks in social situations get you down. Um, the only way to really break through anything that you want to change within yourself is to keep going at it even when you fail. The amount of times I would say people try to change themselves in any way and they keep going and then they fail, they don't get back up. That's the difference. You get right back up and you try again. Yes, you can dig deep and do therapy and trauma healing around the reasons why you feel that way. That is very, very key. But when it comes to placing an action behind that, that is what matters. You can't just sit there and heal and then not take any actions towards it. So I started healing, obviously, like the trauma behind me speaking my truth, me wanting to be more social, me wanting to be a bit more outgoing and make more friends. I healed that trauma first, obviously, by doing a lot of inner child work around that, which there's inner child meditations. You can do inner child hypnosis. You can even write a letter to your inner child. These are all things that I have spoken about before on my platform. Um, but if you would like me to do a video more surrounding inner child work, comment below um, what specifics you want me to go over and I will do that. So in these social situations, that that's what I would do. So I took baby steps. The next step was, okay, well, I've complimented a bunch of people at the gym on their leggings and I haven't really made any friends. You know why? Because I'd compliment them and then you know what happened? They'd say thank you. I wouldn't say anything else. I wouldn't ask how their day is. I, w I wouldn't say, oh, do you come? Like, what time do you come here? Nothing. Literally nothing. I just shut down, walk away and go do something else. And one of my newer friends actually pointed this out to me. She's like, Sabi, you seem like such a friendly person, but when we first started interacting and talking, I didn't know that you liked me back or wanted to be my friend. And I was like, why? She goes, well, because you kind of would shut down in the middle of a conversation and you wouldn't try to continue it. And I went, oh. Um, and that's just because I was scared to look stupid or say the wrong thing and get shot down or rejected in some, in some way. People aren't actually really paying attention to every single little thing you're doing 24-7. Everyone is so self-involved in their own little storylines, their own little movies that are happening in their day-to-day -day lives, that they are not focused on the little bead of sweat that's sticking on your forehead as you're talking to them. I mean, think about it. Are you really genuinely watching anyone else like an absolute hawk? Unless you're, you know, the woman across the street from the girl in the window in that movie and you're sipping your wine and you're stalking someone? Probably not. And if they, if by some weird chance someone is, who cares? No, for real, who cares? Let them stare. Let them stare. What's the worst that could happen? That's what I always do is, in my brain, my brain likes to think of like worst case scenario before it even gets there in social situations. Like, what if I say this wrong? What if I... I say something that makes them upset. What if I say something and then they never talk to me again? Okay, well then let's put ourselves in those situations and play them out. Well, do you have anything to lose to begin with if you weren't friends anyways? No. It may be uncomfortable at first, may make you feel nervous like what the heck just happened, but at the same time, 
I think we're so scared to be uncomfortable in social situations that it perpetuates us to avoid interacting with other humans, especially in person. We're in a day and age now where everything is done through the phone, through technology. Everyone wants to text. No one wants to pick up the phone and call anyone anymore. No one wants to see someone face to face anymore, especially in dating, unfortunately. And with that comes a lot of social anxiety and a lot of social awkwardness of how to even interact with another human being. I guarantee you other people also suffer with social anxiety as well. They just don't want to admit it because they think that if they admit that they have social anxiety and that they're scared to talk to other people and that they're nervous to talk to other people or, or interact with other human beings in a way because they're scared of how they might come off, you're not the only one. People will judge you left and right in your life. They will criticize you all the time. So don't stop yourself from experiencing the things that you want to experience in your life because you're scared of what other people are going to think of you. Life is really, really short. So take steps, take actions. But when you feel that moment where you're about to do something new that you've never done before in order to push your own boundaries, you're going to feel a moment where you're like, oh, ooh, maybe I should do this. Like, oh, maybe this is a bad, maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe this is dumb. That is your mind trying to stop you from being put in a situation that will make you unsafe, right? Anxiety is our mind and our bodies telling us that we are unsafe. That's why it's tricky. Anxiety lies to you. Anxiety tries to keep you safe. It tries to keep you in a little box. So if you want to beat your social anxiety, take baby steps. Now, I think the biggest issue for me and, and the biggest fear that I had was going to new places alone and going to social situations like events alone. I'd be really scared to interact with other people. So this is what I would do. Um, if I walk into a party and I don't know anyone at all, besides the host, um, instead of sitting back and just being a little wallflower and watching everyone and letting people come to me, I would find someone else who is also alone, grab yourself a beverage, it doesn't have to be alcoholic, it can be water, that's actually a pretty good way to not feel awkward, like you're just kind of walking around with like nothing in your hands, or with your arms crossed, just like staring at people. Grab a beverage of some sort and walk over to someone that's also alone and just say, Hey, I'm so-and-so. Who do you know here? How do you know the host? And it opens a wonderful conversation. And if the conversation dies, it dies. Then all you say, like I said in the beginning, is, Well, it was so great to meet you and I'll talk to you later this evening or whatever. And then you move on. And I understand that sometimes our anxiety may cause us to, to think or believe that situations might be a lot greater than they actually are in reality. Yes, your emotions are valid. Yes, your social anxiety is valid. But just know that every single situation that you are faced with is new. It's not the past. You're not in the past and you will never be in the past. Each second that we have is brand new. And it's your choice and in your hands to do something with it to make it better in some way, to rewrite the past that you think perpetuates your future. That is all I have for you guys today. Hopefully you enjoyed that video and it helped you. If you suffer with social anxiety as well, or you have any tips or tools, knowledge or guidance that you'd like to share with anyone else, please feel free to comment them below. Let us know what you do to beat social anxiety. What are some of the steps that you take? And if you enjoyed this video, which I really hope you did, 
then please subscribe and follow me on Instagram and on my podcast, Proper Madness, and hit the bell notification so you're notified of when I upload videos next. I'm excited for next week's video for you guys to see it. It's a little bit more of a vlog style, and I think you'll really enjoy it. I touch upon a lot of changes that I have made recently. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, you have to go through the eye of the storm to see the clear horizon ahead. Thanks so much, guys, and I'll see you next week.